0: Welcome to My Last Watch. My name is Kaylee.
1: And I'm Gun.
0: We're coming back from a short hiatus. We just missed uploading an episode last week, mm-hmm. but it really feels like it's been several months since we've recorded.
1: I agree. It does feel like we've missed months of recording.
0: Yeah, so I almost feel a little bit awkward being back on the mic.
1: And I miss my uh, podcast fam.
0: So if you checked out our last episode from a couple weeks ago, the reason why we were gone last week is because Gunn went on a boys' fishing trip to Alaska.
1: I did go on a boys' trip with the family. I It was my first trip solo with the father-in-law and then some family friends. Uh, I've been hearing about this fishing trip for years now. It was a really good group of people. First big
0: fishing trip that
1: you've been on well this was my first fishing trip like i've been fishing before yeah but it has been nothing like this this is like bear grills level fishing yes
0: what items did you pack i know you packed a couple of different watches
1: i did pack some watches and i packed some rain gear because it was going to be raining Mm -hmm. but i was not fully prepared for the elements the the rain gear that i packed it lasted me one day the first salmon i caught i ripped uh, the pants in the process and the jacket was torn like shortly thereafter.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was only a, a $25. $20 outfit that yeah, was
1: exactly. just like rainproof or weatherproof. And as soon as I arrived there, the local uh, buddy of ours looked at my jacket and he's like, Yeah, that's not gonna, that's not a lot, that's not for, made for Alaska. At
0: least it was only 20 bucks.
1: Yes. But the watches I packed mm-hmm. to, well, I had to pack modern watches and this is. When I realized the importance of modern watches, like all, a lot of my pieces are vintage pieces, so they're not really waterproof. Right. Like even though they're divers, I don't feel comfortable having them near water.
0: Especially when you're doing such labor-intensive activities.
1: Yes. So I packed uh, my Seiko Tuna solar watch and then also my Seiko Turtle as a modern watch. So those are the two I packed. I only ended up wearing the Seiko Tuna, t- the tuna Solar watch mm-hmm. during my fishing trips.
0: Is there a reason why you wanted to just wear that one instead of the other one you packed?
1: I didn't know that fishing was so labor intensive. Literally every day we spent about six, seven hours fishing. Uh, we are doing snagging fishing. Which is basically without a bait, you throw the hooks out into the water and you yank as hard as you can trying to hook a fish or hook a salmon Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in the back or in its tail. So we caught quite a bit of fish.
0: Because you all kind of had a factory system going on. You would catch a
1: sweatshop (laughs) that was going on in one of the (laughs) garages. So you would catch,
0: catch the fish. And you said the first fish that you caught, it took about an hour to catch one, right?
1: Yes. And after an hour or so, I caught my first salmon. But before then, I would catch uh, the rocks or logs, different (laughs) logs. And I would think it's a salmon. I start like yanking really hard, like getting all excited, (laughs) only to find out it was just stuck on a rock. But then the first salmon I caught, I knew right off the bat because it's a different type of pool because it takes the line the opposite direction and it just yanks it really fast. And so that first feeling of catching my first fish and having it run away with a line, I was instantly hooked, pun intended.
0: Uh. (laughs) I've never gone fishing for the purpose of eating the fish. But something that I mentioned that you agreed with is that when you're catching the food and you're killing the animal on your own, it definitely makes you appreciate it a lot more and not be so wasteful. Like, we're definitely eating all the salmon.
1: You have you so caught. much more. Yeah, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. You have so much more respect for that animal. There's not going to be any salmon that we waste from this trip. And we brought back a ton of salmon.
0: Beyond catching the salmon, you also mentioned that you got a very good wrist workout. <laughs> you may have gone up an inch, hopefully, maybe.
1: it was. A, well, it wasn't just a wrist workout. It was a go- good full body workout because we were doing the snagging technique when it came to fishing and I was doing that like seven six seven hours per day but also with crabbing Mm -hmm. it was a great wrist workout or forearm workout because you're pulling out these pots that are 250 feet deep in water and that weigh at least 50 pounds
0: or so and this is when it's not good if you have t-rex arms to be doing this sort of work (laughs)
1: Yeah, but luckily I, mean, I had very long arms, that. so it didn't uh, really it didn't, I mean, it didn't we take both, much work. We
0: both, no. <laughs> you wouldn't let me release the photographic evidence. So I think our listeners will just have to trust that Gunn has T Rex arms, which is totally fine. Nothing's wrong with that. It's just not ideal for crabbing.
1: For crabbing, it was not ideal, but I think for snagging, it was kind of ideal to have that shorter wingspan. I got, I got No, jacked. it's true. It's true. I saw I
0: saw that evidence, and I can't say. I mean, gunn has been doing like workouts at home, not, in not preparation like seven, eight for this hours trip a day <laughs> yeah. necessarily. But he's been doing workouts. Um, and I will say, you did look a lot more <laughs> jacked when he came back. Yeah. While you are in Alaska, obviously a lot of the time was spent fishing and crabbing, and while that is very active work, there's also lots of time for you to kind of just. Reflect and clear your mind. So, how is that? How is it to just like have time to yourself and reflect?
1: After returning from this trip, that was one of the things that stood out the most. Fishing really gives you that opportunity to kind of unplug for, you know, however long it is. And really, you're just in, you know, Mother Nature's element where I needed this time off to kind of reflect and see, you know, kind of think more in depth of my career right now or everything that's going on. But also, outside of that, it kind of gave me some time to take a few steps back and think about my watch hobby that kind of got extremely intensified during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. While I was fishing, it made me realize that watches, at the end of the day, it's an equipment. It's a tool that brings us convenience. You know, like I had my tuna that was perfect for fishing because of its lightweight. and. The ability for it to go underwater and, you know, being a diver's watch, I had no problem wearing it and those elements. But there's so many watches that I've collected where it was more so the focus was being an heirloom piece. And I had that sentimental, like romanticized feelings or attachments towards a watch. And that I think made me purchase a lot of these watches during the pandemic where I really don't think, I mean, I, I was thinking about, it. I have watches that I haven't worn in months. Mm-hmm. But then I would say more than half of my watches don't have that function to it, where I just have it in my collection that I hope to pass down as an heirloom piece. But it doesn't really provide any sort of, you know, function to my daily lives.
0: I feel like this is a pretty big shift from some of our earlier episodes, (laughs) because you might be hesitant to admit this. But in our earlier recordings, you expressed that one of the most important things was the looks and how the dial appeared. And that function wasn't as big of a concern. It That's was all mostly about the looks. Correct.
1: And I just went overboard with my emotions, I think. Like, I I, I admit, I just got emotionally attached to watches or Seiko's that I'd see. And I just want to purchase every piece I can get my hands on that was from a certain era. Yeah. But then it like during this trip, I was really thinking about: Do I really need twenty watches or you know over ten watches in my collection? Of course not. Like I honestly, I only need like. Yeah. Hmm? What is that number? What is that
0: number? What is that number?
1: I don't want to say that number, okay. but hmm. <laughs> it definitely shouldn't be this high. Timepieces should be something that I can use in my everyday life, just because that emotional attachment is so much more intensified when like. I That tuna that I had during this trip, I will never look at that watch the same again because I know that's the watch that I caught my first salmon with. And so that is much more so exciting, and that's the reason why I think I should collect watches moving forward. If I can put, bring it into my lifestyle and use it for some sort of function, I think there's a deeper connection with the watch.
0: I like that. I'm mm-hmm. going to be devil's advocate here because I need some clarification there's some watches that you have, such as your Chrono watches, yeah. or watches that you want, such as the Ming, which don't really have a huge function other than looking cool. Does that mean you're not interested in collecting those watches anymore?
1: I'll still be interested in well, collecting those but, watches. They still have function, though. Wait, well, they I mean, tell it's not the just...
0: time just as well as your other watches, though.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure. No, no, no. I mean, if they don't really bring me a function, then I won't collect it. But I'm sure a Ming watch can bring me some sort of function into my life. But that I'm just saying now, if I really don't have a need for these watches, I'm not just going to collect everything I see just because I love the dial. Okay. And really, I I do think I need to downsize my collection because having a watch that never gets worn in the past year, that kind of makes no sense. There's only, yeah, there are watches that I have for that because I want to preserve the condition of it. I have mm-hmm. one Seiko. It's from the 70s. And I don't think it's been worn more than 20 times because the previous col- previous owner did not wear it at all. I'm trying to preserve that watch because of that condition. But other than that, I feel like watches should serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't have that need, I should really think about you know, finding a new owner for that watch.
0: I think I understand where you're coming from. So you still care about dial.
1: Yeah, dial matters. You care about
0: functionality. It's just that you will be more restrained. You'll think about more, do I actually need to add this watch to my collection? What kind of function
1: does it bring to my collection? Yeah, like what...
0: So what type of function would a Ming bring to your collection? Oh, I guess it doesn't really have to be function. It's just something different.
1: Yeah, no, that could be the... Function is not the right word. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just be much more careful in the process moving forward. And I I will be wanting to downsize where I sell a few of my vintage Seikos that really don't get worn at all.
0: Speaking of selling Seikos... Yeah. Not pointing any fingers... Mm -hmm. We really haven't had much or any success on selling any success. The first Seiko, mm-hmm. the blue quartz watch. And I did say I don't want you to rush the process. I want mm-hmm. you to sell it for something that a, a price point that you're comfortable with. But I think you could be a little bit more aggressive in trying to get yeah. this watch. Well, sold. first
1: well, yeah, what I've learned is that maybe vintage Seikos, well, this is a vintage Seiko quartz. Right. So they're not the easiest watches to sell, just because it's such a niche group of people that are interested in vintage Seikos, especially quartz watches. There's not that big group of people. I think there's a lot of people that are interested in Seikos, but it's mostly modern.
0: I don't know. I think you might just have to hustle more.
1: Or I no, no, no but like I was thinking, rather than I know the original plan was us to move up from one vintage Seiko to a Nomo's campus and trying to work our way up and finding watches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What about we kind of shift directions of the podcast? Because I think a lot of our listeners right now that join us, they're really not joining us to see how much progression we're making from a Seiko to a Nomo's campus.
0: Well, part of it is because <laughs> we just have not
1: made like, <laughs> that is any true. progress. No, no, no. So... so we will still stick with that theme, but how mm. about listing a few of my vintage Seiko's. I'll have to go through my collection and see which ones don't get worn the most and listing like five different Seiko's that I have in my collection to see if anyone's interested.
0: I'm not opposed to that yeah. that idea of maybe we sell multiple watches versus just trying to flip one watch and then mm-hmm. get to the next one, sell the next one, et cetera. So I'm not opposed to that idea, but I think we just need to at least try to sell one of the watches. Yeah, no, no. no. Or no so, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is like we just haven't had any progress with selling yeah. one watch, so like I'm just hesitant to all of a sudden try to sell five when we haven't even had any success well, yet. Well, I
1: would list like four or five watches and see who's interested in which watch, and then mm-hmm. just go from there rather okay. than just listing one. I mean, are you okay with that?
0: You're the one who's sacrificing mm-hmm. your collection. From my perspective, I'm just wondering if there's different tactics that. We or you could try um, to get the watch sold because I, I know like people sell watches all the time. So I'm just wondering if there's something we're not doing that we could be doing yeah. to help increase the likelihood of this getting sold. I mean, neither I of think us w- have ex- really much experience yeah. with this.
1: No, no, no. I think with this new, yeah, I'll have to listen to more places. But then it's really hard. Like you have to get like all these verifications and you need to sell more than five watch. Like I didn't Mm. realize how difficult it was. Certain sites won't let you list or sell a watch unless you've sold five previously. And that's why I wasn't able to list it to certain places because it just got denied. Mm
0: -hmm. Because I would
1: post it and they're like, well, you don't have any
0: credentials or something. Hmm.
1: But well, yeah, we'll figure something out. But I was thinking that might be a better method since we haven't had any interest.
0: Now, we have a potential path forward with this project. We
1: have a new direction.
0: Potentially. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have to explore that more Yeah. this This upcoming week. One last thing that I wanted to talk about before mm-hmm. we sign off, a little bit of a follow-up to our previous episode about football. One of the things that you and your co did last year was this challenge where each week you choose a team that's going to win their game. But, You can only choose a team once. Do you think that would make sense? Am I phrasing this right for our listeners? So, for example, uh, if I said, okay, this week the Seahawks are going to win their game. In subsequent weeks, I can't pick the Seahawks again to win their game. Correct. So you can only -hmm. only pick one team once. Last year, (laughs) I actually won this challenge. Yeah, you won the pool. I got the furthest in this challenge. (laughs) Was it?
1: Po- did you get all the way to... I think I
0: got all the way to the postseason. Yeah,
1: you did get to the playoffs. Huh? So
0: I would have won this challenge if I actually put in $20 into this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like you guys are doing that this, this year. Not
1: this
0: year. I like the challenge because it makes you engaged in more than just your team. So I think we should try to do that. This year, just between us. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we'll wager a bit down the line. Well, both of
1: us escaped week one. We chose the right teams. Mm -hmm.
0: I chose the Seahawks.
1: And I chose the Chargers.
0: So how about each week when recording the podcast, we'll choose our choices for next week.
1: Okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So week two, let's take a look at all the different matchups. In the beginning of the challenge, because if you lose one week you're totally out so you actually want to be very conservative to start so you want to choose more of the obvious wins to begin with and then obviously it will get harder as the season goes on but you don't want to risk just being knocked out super early that's why i went with the seahawks for the first week i already have
1: my team for week two.
0: is because i knew our team was going to be pretty good and i wanted to wait a week for me to see how the other teams performed all right, Gun. So for week two, uh, who are you choosing?
1: But should I use them already? Though that's the thing. I want to make sure. Do I want to? Oh, I'll let you go first. Who, who are you going to choose, Crispy?
0: I'm either going to go with the Rams oh, or the Buccaneers. But wait, <laughs> oh,
1: wait, wait. Those are the two teams that I had in
0: mind. No, but it's it's fine for us to my... choose the same.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to choose the same. <laughs> well, well, I'll let you go first. <laughs> those are exactly well, the two I'll... teams I had in mind. My... The Rams will be playing the Colts, and the Bucks will be playing the Wait, wait oh. Falcons. The Falcons, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm going to choose the Rams because I know that. I mean, we, we just played the Colts, and Carson once wasn't looking too hot. True trash. Matthew Stafford was looking pretty good, so I'm going to lock in for the Rams. I'm really going to
1: choose the Rams Are in division, right? Really? You have no loyalty to that?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> going to have to choose them eventually, so I'm going to choose the Rams.
1: <sighs> in that case, I'll go with the Bucks.
0: All right. Locked in.
1: Bucks and the Rams. Let's go Hawks, though. That's go the most Hawks. important game.
0: That's the most important. I agree. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It feels good to be back.
1: Yeah, it does feel good to be back, and... Hopefully you enjoyed our fishing or my fishing tales, chasing tails. Uh, <laughs> all right.
0: We'll see you next week.
1: All right. We'll see you
0: next week. Watch fam. Bye. If you're enjoying my last watch so far, please give us a five-star rating or review on Apple podcasts. It really goes a long way to help get the word out on the show. Thanks so much.